Whereas the yield curve moves deeper into inversion, the Fed soldiers on and pushes back on easier financial conditions. We see the US dollar finding a few friends just off that 50-day moving average and equities march on higher. It's all going on in the trade-off. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Chris Weston. I'm head of research here at Pepperstone. And I'm going to be joined in a second by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we're going to be discussing and navigating all the factors that go into the global financial markets and looking, trying to make sense of what's going on with some trading views and some ideas along the way. So I'm going to bring Blake into the program. Blake, um, first of all, mate, we've sort of been focused on, on a certain plane journey going into, into Taiwan. There's been lots of memes going on around about you know, a certain um, Pelosi Capital buying puts and then closing them out and buying calls. And the market seems to have gone along for the ride. How closely have you been watching that one? Well, we've been watching it pretty close, Chris. I mean, you know, this market's been melting up, and I, I have assume, I have to assume that they're closing out calls as we speak. So <laughs> there you go. I think we'll be talking more about that situation going forward. The other one, of course, is, is congratulations to the uh, to the England uh, women's soccer team, the Lionesses, who got into the who won the the European Cup against Germany the other day. Um, interesting one there because next year we've got the World Cup playing through. Now women's football in the UK has come front on stage. We now have a, a successful team to really go behind and support, and the nations behind that. We will be playing you, the USA. Uh, as the sort of favourites to go into that one next year in August. Uh, I think the US are paying about three bucks for about $6.50. So England versus US uh, women's showdown in the World Cup next year. It's going to be on. It's going to be on like Donkey Kong. I can't <laughs> wait to watch that. That's good, mate. It's going to be fantastic. Anyway, let's go back inside the markets. Let's have a look at some of the factors that are making news. Let's go to Topical Thunder. All right, soccer aside, football aside, I want to talk about sentiment. Unless it's a great one to sort of digress and, and make sense of where we are at the moment, because you know you've you, you've seen um, a lot of obviously concerned rhetoric uh, from China around uh, Pelosi touching down in Taiwan. We've seen certain data points showing you know concerns around a recession. Some other points saying it's probably not so bad. You know, things like the ISM services weren't so bad. The durable goods were up two percent. Uh, but the the yield curve is obviously screaming recession, and and you know you've got twos tens in recession, uh, you know in, in deep inversion, fives thirties look like they're going that way as well. Um, but at the same time, equities march higher. Is it, you know, potentially are we in a Goldilocks scenario now where bad news uh, means that yields go down and, and rate hikes come out of the market, but good you know good data means that effectively that the recession trade gets pushed back and therefore equities rally in any kind of situation. How are you reading broad market sentiment at the moment, Blake? Well, you know, since I just came off the heels of uh, of watching Stranger Things and living the upside down, for those of you that are Stranger Things fans, uh, we are kind of like in the upside down right now. And you, you, <laughs> you've got markets that are just they're rallying on bad news. And, and you're right. It's and we've we've touched on this topic many times over the last several weeks. And we are in that regime where it's bad. Bad news is good news. You know, yields come down. The market cheers. Um, I've been told by mainstream media that, uh, that that we're not in a recession or it's been redefined or something like that, uh, despite <laughs> whatever the GDP numbers are. So, you know, all is good here in the U.S. But, the, the you know, jokes aside, though, Chris, uh, you know, the market continues to climb a wall of worry. And uh, I think a lot of people are trying to lean into the short side of this market. We've been, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, the S&P getting back to the 200-day moving average. That's still 
100, 150 points away. You know, I yeah. think the market still has further to go as long as there's nothing that really derails it. But data does matter. And you know what? We have one of the biggest data points of the week coming up on Friday, which we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Um, so, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how the market reacts. I, I've been anticipating this big move higher that we've seen in stocks. And I think technically, uh, you know, as long as the S&P remains above 4080 in the S&P, there's no real reason to be on the short side. But yeah, you have to be a little, little concerned here. I mean, you know, the markets have We've bounced, what, 14, 15% off the lows in the S&P? Mm, yeah. Just talking about S&P, we're going to talk about other markets as well. But, you know, I don't know, Chris. I, You know, it still looks like it could continue. How do you? How yeah, do you I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be fading. So the equity market, the dollar's, the dollar's a more simple beast now, Blake, because I think bad news is bad for the dollar and good news is good for the dollar. Sure. You know, I think, I think that's going to be the way it's going to be now. But the equity market's a different beast. I think now you've got, what, you've got the VIX. 21.9%. So that looks like it could probably go below the figure there. And, and, and you know, your volatility targeting funds going in there, close, you know, market makers are closing out their hedges. Um, so I think let's see what happens with oil. If oil trades lower, I think that's going to be good for stocks as well. Obviously not the energy sector. But yeah, I think if you're taking the, energy, uh, the equity markets uh, specifically, I wouldn't be betting against this one at the moment. You know, the trend is your friend, as, 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 as they say. So I think, um, yeah, I wouldn't be fading this at the moment. I think we still go further levels, uh, higher levels here, unless we see, uh, you know, something really left of center come out and derail that story. I agree. And, you know, you brought up a good point on the VIX, and I don't want to go too far into it because I know we need to move along. But, you know, volatility is at pretty key support. And you're right. If it drops below the figure, I think that's a, the 20, the figure that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would that would signal that we're going to get some further gains in equities, I would think. Let's turn it over to China. And I want to talk about China and this week. You know, we want to talk about what happened with uh, your favorite person and mine, Nancy <laughs> Pelosi, visiting, oh. uh, visiting Taiwan. Um, you know, it's obviously been a big deal for the market. Markets and the bar the markets moved on this on this news and and Chris I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you and I, I'm gonna come back to this question on you know does it really matter for us as traders for us as market participants as you as an economist as you as a trader does it really matter to us about what happens with China and the U.S. and the tensions that have been building but I gotta I gotta say before we do that. That, the, that, that these tensions have been building. And it seems mm. like we're getting close to, I don't, I mean, the precipice of, of, of it all. But the flip side of that is that China, you know, China's um, Xi Jinping, Pin, I, excuse me, I just totally mutilated his name, but he's going up for an, an, a, an election in three months. GDP, Chinese GDP is slumping. Um, does he need a crisis, a U.S you know, tension, you know, crisis on his hands right now, just before he goes up for an election. And, you know, but are these disrupted trade routes with the with the, you know, military exercises that are being held around Taiwan? Are they going to disrupt the markets? When do you care about what happens with China and US? Because the markets obviously brush it off this week. Yeah, right. Um yeah, he'll win the next election and get his third term, first um, first time that's ever happened in China, as far as I know. Um, and you know, does he want to show a strong face going into that into that um, that party conference? I suspect he does, and that's kind of keeping us on the toes a little bit. I think you know we're already seeing sanctions against Taiwan. We're seeing Taiwan assets, you know, obviously under pressure. The Taiwanese dollar's being hit pretty hard. You know, the Taix looks like it wants to roll over. Some of the semis may get it, 
you know, pretty hard at the moment. Um, but I think for, for a market participant, you've got to look at what is the likely scenario and what is the worst case scenario. For me, the worst case scenario is we were to see, you know, some sort of military tension playing through and the US were to get involved. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But the, the thing for a trader is obviously any kind of moves in markets from that is not going to be a one day affair, right? It's, it's, it's something that's going to go on for a long period of time. Um, so I suspect that's not going to happen. I don't think we're going to see you know, military tensions playing through. But uh, I do think that if you're looking at Taiwanese assets, um, I think there's further downside in them. You know, you could be looking at shorting the TIEX and, and some of the markets around that. I think there's going to be further sanctions played there. It's going to be pretty tough for some of the citizens in the country based on the, set, the, the, the sanctions that are playing through. But whether or not this spills out into, into, into global concerns in markets is obviously yet to be seen. Um, but we, yeah, this is, this is an event that now everyone is focused on. What is going to be the fallout? What assets are going to move on the back of that? And it's something that we we have to assess as a, as a I wouldn't say I call it a tail risk anymore. It's something that the market knows fairly well and that's on our radar. And obviously, Pelosi has stoked that bear pretty strongly, right? <laughs> so yeah. um, an interesting one. The other one that's probably more close to home that, that we all know really well is obviously about Fed policy. Um, we talked about this idea that bad news is is bad news is 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 good for well, bad news is bad for the dollar, bad news is probably good for equities and those sort of factors as well. But you know the, what we've seen is is the names of James Bullard pushing back on on market pricing for rate cuts next year. Um, you know, calling the Fed funds rate up as high as four percent this year. Um, we've seen Charles Evans coming out, you know, reasonably ho- uh, positive comments or hawkish comments, we say. Mary Daly, who's one of the more dovish members of the Federal Reserve, pushing back on expectations for a Fed pivot anytime soon. And I suspect that's still the case, that inflation is the name of the game. They're still very much after inflation and they're prepared to go after inflation and something may well break on the back of that. And that's the concern that we have. So we're looking at that September meeting now, as you talked about last week, there's a lot of water to go under that bridge before that situation. Um, But the market is pricing 60 basis points of hikes, right? So if you look at 50 basis points, 70 basis, 75 basis points, we're pretty much sitting on the fence. It could go either way at the moment. That's why these small incremental pieces of data are going to matter. So what the Fed have done is they've made it much easier for us as currency traders, in my opinion. You know, if we get bad US data, it's going to result in US dollar selling. It's not going to be this flood of rush to safe havens and that situation. So the Fed are going after inflation. They're not so worried about growth, not so worried about employment. It's still all about inflation. And they've been pushing back on these easier financial conditions. Is that how you're reading it? That is. And, uh, you know, I, I I do look at all these Fed governors and, and Ke- like Nail Kashikari was just speaking earlier today. And, yeah. you know, those comments are, are moving the markets and because they're they're slightly moving expectations one direction or the other. It's it is interesting, though, how, you know, we've talked about quite extensively over the last few weeks, especially yourself, Chris, about how, you know, the market's pricing and rate cuts going into 2023. It's going to be interesting to see if that continues. You know, the bond market has made uh, some overreaches uh, just this last week, and we've seen yields slump and then bounce back. And so, uh, you know, I think that the markets are on edge here. Every single piece of data is going to matter. You know, next month we've got we've got uh, the 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 in-between Fed meeting uh, Jackson Hole Symposium that obviously everybody's going to be paying attention to as well yeah and in between that we got cpi next week that's going to be a market mover nfp on friday i'll tell you it's 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 jam-packed and we have to be on our toes as traders yeah. and you're and you're right though currency traders we have it a little easy well bad i'll tell you, I'll tell, bad, you what I, I'll, I'll tell you what i think right um so the, the the market pricing of rate cuts next year the way the way i see this in my macro thesis is that 
Yeah, we've got this neutral rate, the so-called neutral rate, which is at two and a half percent on the Fed funds rate. They'll take it into restrictive territory and they'll get up to what we call the terminal rate. And what we see then is inflation will start rolling over. It should should start rolling over. And what they'll do is, is they'll be able to take the Fed funds rate back towards a more neutral setting. Um, so that, that that terminal rate, the time we're in restrictive territory matters. So I think that's really what the rate cuts are saying. They're not saying, oh, you know, we need to go and support financial markets. All it's saying is that we're going to take the Fed funds rate into a restrictive zone. And that restrictive zone can't stay restrictive for too long when growth is in you know real dire straits and we see inflation coming down. Eventually, they're going to have to bring it down to a much more equilibrium rate. That's all I'm seeing from market pricing is that they'll go really into restrictive territory and then they'll just ease it back when they need to into a more neutral setting. But ultimately, they're not going to cut to, to, to support equity markets like well, they probably would have done a long time ago. Let's just cut to the chase. If you're a currency trader, keep buying dips on the dollar. That's what Chris is saying. There well, we <laughs> they say, well, mate, let's, I reckon, yeah, I think, I think so, maybe. No, I, I know that's, I mean, but the, really, if you, if you think rates are going to continue to go higher, we're going to go up to a terminal rate, you probably want to be buying dollars on dips. And yep. maybe that might even take us into this Friday with the jobs report. Let's talk a little bit about the jobs report and how you're going to trade it and how we're going to look at it, Chris, yep. because this has been my view since the weekend is that we're going to rally into non-farm payroll which it seems like we're doing as far as risk assets go mm. but the market is really expecting the jobs report to start to show some signs of weakness maybe as early as this july report mm. i'm not necessarily in that camp chris and 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 i'm going to ask you what you think is going to happen with the jobs report but i still think that the 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 u.s economy from a jobs perspective is still quite healthy and i i wouldn't be surprised if the jobs report actually you know comes in in line or maybe higher than the whisper number is but whisper I number. Tell you, you don't buy all that nonsense day <laughs> it's the fed oh of course is a whisper number on the street everybody has expectations everybody's got certain expectations yeah, yeah. that whisper number is their expectations the streets anyway i think I'm going to tell you just how I'm going to trade it is I'm going to be watching gold because gold is in a very tight range between 750 and 7, 7, 1750 and 1790. Gold's going to show us which way the dollar goes because if gold goes one way, dollar's going to go the other way. And you can trade it like as a parallel in the euro. I think the euro's range bound between 101 and 103. And we're going to probably be trading around 102, the mid range, uh, you know, going into Friday. But that is my opinion on the markets, and I think a breakout is looming. How are you going to trade the NFP, and what are you going to be looking for? Um, it's difficult, isn't it? It's just one of those ones where I say, well, look, you know, Blake, here's the outcome of non-farm payrolls. Can you guarantee you're going to make money out of it? And I reckon that's a tough one to, to, to say you definitely would, right? So I think for the, probably the, the easiest trade for me is, is the NASDAQ and, and the tech trade at the moment. So I think the market is is looking at this kind of Goldilocks scenario. What, what's a Goldilocks scenario looking like? I think probably anywhere between, like, say, 150 to 250 on the on the payrolls would would be good. You know, I think they want to see a slight slowing of the pace of job creation. I want to see. I think the market wants to see that. If it's anything above four four hundred thousand. I think equities could come under pressure. You know, I think the tech tech could come under pressure. The dollar would obviously rally, um, and and I think you know the the Fed are obviously happy to see a cooling labour market to play through. So if the Fed are happy, you know, the equity market will be happy on the back of that. So I think at above four hundred thousand, then you know, you probably might see some sellers playing through in the Nasdaq. Um, the dollar will rally against the, the Japanese yen. Um, we'll have to see what happens with that unemployment rate. That matters as well as does as do average hourly wages. But I think the Nirvana moment comes in, in if we were to get, say, the unemployment rate 
you know, it's 3.6%, you know, wages cooling a little bit. And we were to get, you know, uh, job payrolls around 150 to say 250. We would say the labor market's cooling, but not cooling so much that we're really worried about a proper recession. So yeah, I'd like to see that. And, and I think, yeah, then, 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 you know, the market might think about it for a little bit, but then sort of soldier on and, and push higher in this, in this, in this, in this move that we've been seeing. All right. Well, again, I, I, I think we're going to queue off of these numbers on Friday and it's going to give some opportunities for us. You've heard some of the facts. I'm really interested about that gold uh, gold view that Blake's got there. But let's go to some of the charts that are front of mind at the moment. Let's go to that's a setup. I've been banging on about the uh, the Nasdaq 100 for for most of the show now, so I thought it would be quite good just to bring up the charts and show you what we're seeing there. So you can see the um, you see the oscillators in the sort of the lower lower panes there. We've got the uh, three day exponential um, moving average minus the eight day. So you can see that the three days pulling away from the eight day. So that's kind of probably telling you something about what you can already see in price action there. But I'm using that as a, a sort of a momentum tool. We've got rate of change, five day rate or three day rate of change at the bottom. Um, and again, just another momentum indicator that I like to use that. But most importantly, we've broken through the 13,000 level. Do we do have a bit of downtrend resistance, which we haven't drawn on there at the moment. But you know, like I showed you yesterday, last week in, in, in Ethereum, which didn't work out at all. Um, we haven't lost a huge amount of money on the back of that. But, uh, you know, we saw a breakout. The, the problem with momentum trades, Blake, as we know, is that they are positively skewed. So you, you end up getting stopped out for quite a lot of small profits. But when they go, you end up getting these tail events where you end up getting, you know, four, five, six percenters. So you, you're looking for small losses, but big wins. And I think that's what you're looking for in the momentum strategy. So as a momentum play at the moment, we've got the breakout. We've got all the indicators working. I like this further higher um, until the rules tell me to get out. What do you think there? Well, the one thing that you don't have on, on your chart, Chris, is, and you know me, I'm a big Fibonacci level looker yep. at her follower. And we happen to be at the 38% retracement of the all time highs to the most recent lows this last June. And so that that's a big deal because a 38% retracement where we we're currently sitting at, if broken and your momentum indicators prove you right, and it continues higher, I think a break above the 13,000, let's just call it 300 level, will put us closer to 14,000 on a breakout. So I, I like it as long as we close higher by the end of the week. The one thing I'd be worried about is if we, for some reason, gave back all of these gains we saw this week at the end, mm. of, the, the, at, at the end of the week following the jobs report, that would be my only concern. But I love how NASDAQ's leading the way, Chris. I like yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's a good one. And obviously, the, if you look at the liability side of the Fed's balance sheet, yeah, they've started moving up as well. So in terms of reserves, uh, and I think that's that's really good for the NASDAQ. So yeah, happy to be in this one until you know, the market tells me tells me to get out otherwise. So uh, yeah, I think onwards and upwards as part of a, a momentum strategy. Obviously, the main, main reversion heads out there probably looking at this another way, but uh, from a momentum and, and trend perspective, I think this, is, this has got further legs here. All right, well, you know, I'm gonna, uh, one thing that might actually help the NASDAQ, uh, maybe not directly, but indirectly would be crude. And I wanna point out, Crude oil actually has a bearish breakdown of a bearish wedge. Um, but what you saw like late last week or mid last week is you saw this breakout above that dotted trend line above the top and that failed. And then that pushed us right back below 92 bucks, pushed us back below the 200 day moving average. And quite frankly, if we break below 90, the levels I'm looking is you got 86, then 83. You got two levels below that that, that we should see lower levels, you talk about momentum trade, you know, mm -hmm. we've been in this, what we've been holding this support really all of 2022, uh, most of 2022 anyway, and a breakdown below 90 
is going to be bearish. And I, and I like the fact that we've had three closing days below this 200 day moving average. We're making lower highs and then, you know, breaking through those lows. So what do you think here, Chris, with crude? Yeah, I think it's, it's another, it's, it, I love it. I love the fact that you brought this one up because it's been, yeah, you know, overnight we obviously got OPEC coming out, increasing um, output by a hundred thousand, which is yeah, probably the, lo the lowest increase they'd ever done. Um, and we also saw inventories build by over 4 million barrels. So again, that was, that was, we were expecting a draw there. So that's part of the reason we've seen it coming down. Um, but yeah, I think this break is quite significant. I, I think you, you're right in that 200-day moving average. I think you're right in the $86 uh, level to, to target. I think that's the first stop. And as a momentum trade, the fact that it's, it's breaking this low, I think is, is really significant. That When it comes to support in the market, I mean, this is as big as it comes, right? This has been a floor in the market for months now. So um, yeah. if this builds, it could really go. But fundamentally, it's, it's hard to really see it justify far below 80 bucks because demand's still holding up. Um, you know, I think the, the it, it does suggest that, uh, yeah, I think you, you're not going to see a collapse, but the, yeah, the, the price is, is really what you're looking at there. And I think this, this, when it comes to support, this is about as significant as it comes. So yeah, 86 would be my target as well, mate. All right. Well, you know, that's, that's uh, something that I've been staring at Chris. And even though you guys know, I don't trade it. I definitely like to call it. So yeah, uh, there well, you I, go. Try, I, I, I like to trade it and I'm, I'm definitely compelled by your call, but we want to talk about euro dollar because to me, if I, if I bring up a regression channel, right, drawn from drawn from the highest beginning year around February time, and just draw a better line of best fit through this. Of course, there's other different ways you can use a normal just price channel, but I've used a, a regression channel using two standard deviations that, and you can see that it's a it's been working beautifully within within that regression channel there. So just you know, people are fading it into into the top top channel and buying it back there. But what we've got now around 120. 112170 is a ceiling on price there. So we've got a sort of outside day reversal yesterday. I haven't really followed through, but it really needs to break to that to get to the sort of 50-day moving average into the top Bollinger Band, into the top regression channel. And we're just trading a tight range at the moment, the range that you talked about. So that's been really guiding my sort of dollar view is this, this, this regression channel. And you can see something the opposite on gold. You can see the dollar index working in a similar channel on the way up. So it's really capsulated my world. How are you reading the euro at the moment? You know, I, I, I keep looking at that, uh, that two, I think it was a 2016, 2017 low that came in around 103.50. We can't even get our head back above 103. And yeah. so, I, you know, I'm looking at it same way as you is just we're in a pretty strong downtrend. Um, you know, parity, a lot of people believe that, you know, that pro below parity, we're not going to be able to, we're not going to be able to break that again. Now that now that we've we've held it, we're going to just go higher. But I, you know, think about the fundamental backdrop be behind owning euros and and uh i'm not a i'm not a big you know euro fan over the dollar right now so yeah. i still look at it as being in a pretty bearish trend and, and until it gets above that that channel resistance which i believe comes in around 103.50 to 104 for you on that chart you get above that and then then you know i might be singing a different tune but for now i'm i'm still in the bearish camp chris and mm. and again i you know it's it's against the the dollar, you know, if we'll, we'll talk about the euro against other currencies here in just a moment, but against the dollar, I don't know how, how bullish I am. What do you think here? Well, I think 102.70 is your line in the sand there. If you get a break of that, then we go into the 50-day and the Bollinger Band. Maybe we start trending higher again and the, and the dollar starts having its have its wicked way against markets. But right now, the you know, this is one for the scalpers, isn't it? You know, you, you're looking at that line, 121.70, and just saying, uh, sorry, 102.70, um, and you're just scalping it against that level there. So, I mean, that, that seems to be the play. There's just picking up scraps on, on, on that market. But a break of that and it goes higher, and I'll, I'll be waiting for the, waiting for that break to transcend.
All right. Well, you want to talk about maybe a higher euro. Let's go over to the euro Aussie. And this is, you know, I, I brought this up for, for a few reasons. First of all, it's a risk barometer for me. You know, whenever the euro outpaces the Aussie, and if you think about that, if you want to buy euros over Aussies, that means you're probably squaring up a, a, a previous trade, which was short Aussie, long euro, uh, or short euro, excuse me, long Aussie. And, and, you know, so if you see a reversal of that, that really signals that we're seeing some sort of risk off. That means stocks have, have really peaked and they look like they're coming back down again. Mm. But this technical pattern is what we call in, in, in harmonic uh, patterns, a cipher pattern. And since cipher. I- Cipher. Like, like if you're in the matrix or something, but it is, <laughs> it is a pattern that, that a lot of us do follow. And it's, it's a confluence of like Fibonacci levels. And when they form around like the 78% retracement that comes in around 145.50, as long as we can hold above that, I think the risk is that we trade back towards 150. We're in, and I still think we're in a in a range and more of a bearish trend. But I think that from current levels, three, 400, 500 pip rally could happen. And that's what I'm looking at today. And I think that's a good setup for anybody who thinks that risk might come down and you might see stocks come under pressure. The Euro Aussie would be a long in that case. Mm. What do you think here, Chris? Yeah, I'm not feeling it at all, mate, to be honest. I'm not feeling any vibe uh, in this cross uh, at this point. You know, we saw a couple of days ago, you know, mar markets trading up into, a, tried, to, tried to make a move up into 150. The sellers just smacked it straight back down. Um, so, you know, we tried to make a move higher in Euro Aussie and, you know, there's clearly supply into, into those high 149 levels. So it, it's just a choppy trade at the moment. So for me, as a momentum and trend guy, um, yeah, I do have a mean reversion sort of plays there as well. But from, from looking at this, um, it's just chop, lots of chop, 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 choppy, chop, chop, chop. And uh, I'm not feeling it. So, yeah, I need a bit more work on this one to go. I think if I was going to look at this one, I think, you know, you, you really want below 145.30 on the downside, a break through that. And this could, this could have some legs on the, on the downside. But for now, it's just chopping. Yeah, the buyers and sellers are having a little battle going on and no one's really winning. So I think that needs to be resolved at this moment. So yeah, I'm not feeling it myself, but uh, I'll, I'll take your safer. It's probably the coolest pattern name I've ever heard in my life. But <laughs> I'll take that all day long. Anyway, let's go into the play of the day. Let's see what's going on there. Right, I'm going to start proceedings. I, I had a bit of a, I had a bit of a poor one last week on the Aussie dollar. It was looking like it was going on, but as we know with momentum trades, uh, you take small losses and you take the big wins, and uh, that didn't work out so well. So we've taken a little bit of a loss on that one. Uh, this week, though, uh, lumber. So lumber's a really interesting one because it's it's been this big macro trade. On the way up, it was the poster child of everything. It was inflation. The housing market was on full boom. Um, you know, we saw obviously uh, issues with um, supply chain bottlenecks and the price of lumber just went absolutely skyrocketing. Yeah, we've seen since that point, demand destruction really hitting home, uh, house prices coming off, yeah, interest rates in the US, 30-year 30, 30 fixed for interest rates going up sharply, up to about 6.04%. That never started coming off now. And obviously, housing's been hit and lumber's come off with that as well. So look at this from a trend perspective, from a momentum perspective. This is doing everything right from the short side at the moment. The Bollinger Bands are widening. We're breaking through lows. Um, you know, the flow is there. We're looking for those April 2021 lows. Um, so I think this traded from the short side is, is just fitting everything. But it's also really going to be the post child for a, for a lower inflation reading at the moment. So we're seeing, um, you know, the housing market looking like it's normalizing. Lumber should be on your radar there. I think this is trending beautifully and I think it trades lower here. All right. Well, Chris, I, it looks like it, based on what I'm seeing right now, it looks like lumber is going to zero. 
for crying out loud. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, right. Chop it down. All right. Let's say uh, I'm going to take you over to the sterling. And the reason why I want to take a look at the pound dollar or the cable, the sterling, whatever you want to call old Betty, some people call, is oh, just because, uh, you know, we got the Bank of England tomorrow. Now, yeah. I'm going to go into this, Chris, saying that I do not have a position right now. Yeah. However, I do think that the Bank of England, even though they are going to raise rates, they might have a dovish hike. And, and the sterling sitting right on support at the 121 level. And I think we have to watch this channel support. And if it breaks through 121, I think it's open. It's going to open up a move back through back to 119. And mm -hmm. you might be a buyer on dips in the in the cable in the sterling. It, you might be that way, but there still is political uncertainty out there with uh, with who's going to be the next prime minister. I know people are going to have their opinions, but the Bank of England they have to respond by raising rates, but they also have to be they have to be careful that they're teetering teetering with a very very weak economy. And I think a dovish hike might be in the in store for the Bank of England tomorrow. So we might be watching that sterling if it breaks through the 121 level. And the flip side is if it breaks above 123, that's a bullish breakout. And that would be yeah. something that every bull needs to be paying attention to. Well, it's, it's a really fascinating one. It's tonight for me. I'm in, on the right side of the world. Liz Truss will get the, uh, the next uh, leader of the, uh, the Tory party. She's got it in the bag, in my opinion. Um, and she'll bring some, some, some fiscal support to the pound going forward. But, but yeah, we're not going to know about that. The Bank of England, though, 44 basis points of hikes being priced in for this meeting. We could easily get 25 basis points. I think we get 50, but you know, we could easily see so. that. So 25 basis points when the market's pricing 44 basis points, we break to the downside of that channel. It's going to be a big one. It could get pretty lively for you. Anyone who's got pound exposures, do keep an eye on that. And also, if you get a chance... Hit the like button if you found yourself watching it to the end. You obviously like it. You know you do. And leave a comment as well. Um, we'd love to hear from that. Um, and yeah, we'll try and reply when we can and, and get back to some of those, those, those some really good comments that come through there. So great to have a community. Great to see some people coming back time and time again. We really appreciate it. We do. Our hearts are with you. Uh, we'll see you next week for more of The Trade-Off.